This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the Beyond the Bitcoin Show. Today is August the 10th, 2019. Strong hand, unconfiscatable. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. Personal responsibility is the new counterculture. We'll be talking about that. Deferral of gratification, conviction. Golden age, people stray, strive for greatness. Yeah, strong hand. That's what the shirt says. You can get shirts below. Follow me on Twitter at TechBall, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. Yeah, that's the epicenter of the Bitcoin Meister empire. <laughs> for those of you who want to uh, learn and get all the, the audio-only po podcasts and make your hands even stronger. Hey, those of you that have been asking questions in the super chat, Keep on asking them. I will answer them in the next show. So if you've got questions in the super chat, you can ask them. They will be, I will review them and they will be answered next show. Just the way things are being recorded now because of the changes. All right. So this is the Beyond Bitcoin show, but check out yesterday's This Week in Bitcoin show. Tone Bays was on. Oh my, oh my, it was a classic. He made his return to the building, baby. He was back. Okay. So... This show, by the way, we're going to talk a little bit about Bitcoin, but it is the Beyond Bitcoin show. So we talk about all sorts of different subject matters. And this first one comes from the Baltimore Sun. And I'm just reading a bunch of things right here. Please excuse me. All right. The Baltimore Sun, the article says, Johns Hopkins professor fired after attempted sabotage of student sit-in over private police force. Okay, so let's let's back up here. Some students at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore, I'm from Baltimore originally, uh, and uh, for a short time I uh, lived near, after college, I lived right near the, the, the Charles Village, the main campus uh, of Johns Hopkins, okay? And this is what this story was about. Some people over there didn't like they were gonna have a private security force. Oh, woe is me, instead of relying on Baltimore's publicly funded uh, efficient police force. They were gonna protect themselves. Oh, wow, what, what a novel, but no, they, there were students who thought that was horrible, it was terrible, they had a sit-in, okay? And they weren't gonna leave until they promised not to have a private security force. I, 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 here's the thing, They're, the building they were sitting in, uh, there were people, there, there were storage facilities there, uh, compu computer storage facilities with servers, computer servers with people's research projects, like important research that, again, that there's all sorts of graduate students, undergrad students there, professors that are doing research that have it stored on servers, and they needed their research. And apparently one had been damaged or something like that. So along came this guy, uh, Dan Povey, Professor Daniel Povey, okay? And he's the, he got in there. He, and I think he took some people with him. He broke into the, he had a counter protest basically, broke into where they were protesting and he was attacked. They were, he had scratches on him. And anyway, he gets fired for that. <laughs> he gets fired for this. Now, again, the scene didn't look very good um, because of the political correct, uh, and, and the people who set this up, I mean, they knew what they were doing. Uh, the protesters were mostly, or maybe all minority, and he comes in there as, as a white man, and in this politically correct 
uh, day and age at a, a university, at a liberal university, uh, you're going to look like you're the aggressor and they're just the victims. And so he got fired. He gets fired for this. So you know, one can expect that. You, you, you're probably saying, yourself, well, he's, he's working for a private institution that's liberal. You know, he, this, is, this is what happens. He, and again, he's not complete, but he, he let out a blog post. And this blog post is great because he does not apologize. He has conviction for what he stands for. And that's what this story is about. That he, although the son says he, it was, he gets, you know, they painted it in a negative way of what he was doing. And I'm, I'm sure people are trying to cancel him and prevent him from getting other jobs now. He is not giving in. He is not apologizing. And some of the stuff that he says in his blog post, and I'm going to read you some of it. It's linked to below. The Sun article is linked to below. It kind of sounds like some of the things that I say. Um, he says, I don't need the approval of victim groups to bolster my self-esteem. And I'm capable of weathering a little outrage. And, the, and then in parentheses, it says, the, uh, the fact that I have career options helps, obviously. Now, I want to point out something there. That's a very good thing. He admits that, yeah, it's easier to fight this when I have a backup plan. And that's why you all have to get into the Bitcoin overlay, okay? His backup plan wasn't Bitcoin, okay? But if you have something that they cannot take away from you, it's easier to stand up and to be loud and do a blog post and not cower, okay? Yeah, now, again, he, he doesn't, so I give him a lot of credit in the world. He doesn't need, his backup is his new job that he's got. But he still could be canceled. These people still are, are going to go after him and everything. So he, he deserves credit for, for still standing up for himself. And I'm just pointing out, and he admits that he ha if you have a backup plan, if you have long-term thinking, it's easier to get through these challenges. So he said, and he goes on in, in the, uh, the blog post, he says, man up, America. You're better than that. Leave that ideology to the man-haters and racial agitators that generated it. Stop apologizing and start living your lives. Eddie, and I love that. Living, living your lives and not worrying about what other people think and not fitting in. And you know, there's all sorts of, if people want to be man-haters and, and agitators, let them do that. You don't have to play their game. You don't have to play their game. Live your life. Don't worry about it. Anywho, as for me, I may not have my job, but at least I still have my dignity and my independence of thought. I'll leave you with some words of Bob Dylan. I ain't sorry for nothing I've done. I'm glad I fought. I only wish we'd won. And then he says, please send my regards to uh, OIE. I guess it's the, uh, some office at Hopkins. And say that thanks to them, my career prospects have greatly improved. Sayonara, P.S., I'm aware that some people are trying to cancel me and get me fired for my next job. See if I care. Yes, strong handy. I have lots of other career options. When this whole thing started, I told my friends, if the worst comes to worst, I can always go to China or Russia. Again, he can pack up and move. You can do that with Bitcoin too, by the way. I'll tell you this, though. Whatever happens, I will never apologize. And I will never back down. I know the normal script is that I am supposed to get down on my knees and say, please accept me back into your midst, liberal America. I accept that I was wrong. No way. F you. And that is awesome. That is awesome. No apologies, conviction, individualism. And this is a pound that like button because this is things that I sense 
stand for. You can read the entire blog post. It, it, it talks about a few different theoretical scenarios and he is not politically correct. And it's great. Uh, it, it's something that really deals with the, the, what I try to preach here on the Beyond Bitcoin show. So I, I found it, I found his words to be inspirational and you can apply it to your own lives. Again, he, he, he's, he's got that mindset. Like, okay, so if I get fired from the next shop, I'll just go to another country and just pick up and start again. You got to be able to, to have that attitude to always be in motion. And, to be, and again, with Bitcoin, it makes it that much easier. He, I don't know if he has Bitcoin or not, but he, he's got a job. He's got, his asset is his mind. And that, that's something that is just forgotten in mainstream culture. You know, use your mind to figure out your problems, okay? And in mainstream culture is all about worshiping the victim, saying you're sorry to the victim, and still getting canceled. And he's not going to do that. He's not getting on his knees and, and uh, giving in to all of this nonsense. So good, good for him. Good for him. So again, here on this channel, we pound that like button, make success cool again. That's what I'm trying to do, man. And elite, you guys are elite if you are here. It is strive for greatness, strive for greatness. Uh, let's talk about health real quick. In Israel, I'm in Tel Aviv, just, and I, I think I've had this delicacy before, and it's not really, everyone should have this. They're cheap. Chicken hearts. In America, we just throw away the chicken hearts. They are delicious. I just, I bought, bought a bit, I, I got a big bunch of them. I actually didn't buy them. Uh, and uh, they, <laughs> they were delicious, just delicious delicious chicken hearts and they are healthy for you people will try to um villainize and make them seem like they're unhealthy vilify them excuse me uh, but they have a lot of cholesterol in them no no it doesn't matter if something has a high something with cholesterol and it doesn't necessarily give you high cholesterol and high cholesterol isn't necessarily a bad thing either we're not going to get into that whole that whole debate right now but chicken hearts are delicious they are healthy they got fat they got protein. Mm, and they are yummy. I, I, I love them a lot. All right. Uh, Yaron Brook, and who I've talked about a lot lately on this show, uh, he, he, makes a, he gets into the debates and he talks about uh, the AOC type of crowd, the virtue signalers, and that the way you should counteract them, because they try to say they're on the, the moral side of things. You make a moral case uh, when debating virtue signalers like AOC. AOC is not moral it, for taking from others, okay? And to, to force you know, this the, the centralized planning on others. Uh, your morality is don't take away by force, as opposed to you're obligated to give to those deemed weak by the government. So that's what they... Their more their so-called moral argument is oh there are all these weak people out there there are all these villain there are all these uh, victims we have to give to them we must give to them you must give to them as the leaders of as your elected leaders we must force you to give to these victims and they say that is morally right that is morally wrong you have to break that down yeah okay so people might be in bad situations and but that that it doesn't obligate me to give to them. I can choose to give to them, but it is, is morally wrong to force me to give to people you deem to be victims, okay? If I want to give to them, that is fine. But again, the, the, so you, you, you dig into their, that argument that way because they just blindly say, it's the right thing to do. No matter what the cost, 
it's the right thing to do. No, 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 no. It isn't the right, it is not right to take from others by force, okay? And that's what you're suggesting. So you, you take it down to that level with them. All right, um, I wanna talk about, <laughs> I'm jumping all around here. I noticed that my podcast versions of my show, sportsmeister.com, the audio podcast, they've been doing great in Australia. And I asked why on a recent show. And an Australian said to me that in Sydney, where they're doing really well, their people commute to work and they're in their car a lot. So maybe that's why uh, your shows are doing well. Your, your podcasts are doing well in Sydney, Australia. And then and that, I never really thought about it that way because I don't drive at all. And I don't have a car and I hate getting into cars. <laughs> I hate, I especially hate driving cars. How about that? I hate driving cars. Getting into cars, okay, it's fine. But, um, but this is the point. If you're forced, if you have to commute to work in a car, I, you are in motion. Your mind is in motion. You're making the most of it if you're listening to podcasts. So great use of that time sitting on your butt in a car. Again, you're not being physically active, but you're getting your mind active by playing my podcast and other podcasts too. So great, very good. So guys, if you're in cars a lot, uh, get the podcast version of the show, uh, sportsmeister.com. That's where they all are. And of course, disruptmeister.com. You can watch all my old videos. Follow me on Twitter, T-E-C-H-B-A-L-T. Sportsmeister. Yeah, that, I mean, excuse me, Bitcoinmeister on uh on uh, what's it called? Steam it. Yeah, that's still around. They have. That's a whole nother story. That, that's for a, a Bitcoin show, I guess. Okay. Now, Bernie Sanders. Oh, Bernie Sanders. Uh, he was on the Joe Rogan show. Unbelievable! It's come to this. Joe Rogan is getting a top, a supposed top tier Democratic presidential candidate. Let me see my hair there. Look at that thing. Hair looking nice today. Again, it's not about looks, dude. It's about the content. Pound that like button. So Joe Rogan, of course, he's on YouTube, but I just listened to it because I'm cooking my food uh, when Joe Rogan is interviewing freaking Bernie Sanders on there. And it's, it's clear to whoever's working for Bernie's campaign and to probably a lot of candidates now, it's becoming obvious that they need to, to appeal to some 20 percenters, to some people who just at least don't blindly watch TV, uh, that they got to go beyond the TV clips. And that also is, they're probably some, Joe Rogan is probably so darn popular on the internet that he's got plenty of 80 percenters watching too. He's just got a big audience. And that if you're going to win these popularity elections, that you're, you're going to have to get onto these shows like Joe Rogan now, okay? That, that's what is now uh, becoming obvious. And that this, uh, and again, it's linked to below. Andrew Yang deserves a lot of credit for this because he was the first one, again, he's considered a, a minor Democrat candidate for president. Uh, he forced this, basically. He, he got on, he went on all sorts of shows beyond Joe Rogan. Then this Marianne Williamson woman, got on and now I think they're all realizing, you know what, this is helping them. This is helping the minor candidates. We gotta, uh, we gotta get, got, kind of get every vote that we, we gotta get every vote out there possible. Uh, so it shows that the mainstream media networks, the TV networks are losing it here. 
they're, 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 it's, it's becoming more dis decentralized. And again, uh, I'm not saying Joe Rogan is 100% great and that some of the, uh, so many internets, so much on the internet is nonsense. But I give, some, I give credit to Joe Rogan because he, he's not all about nonsense. He's got real stuff on there. There, um, again, these, these mainstream networks on TV, it's all nonsense. It, it really is all nonsense. Uh, so I, I'm, it, it, it's, it's a positive. Now, the funny thing is, one of the first things is that Bert, I'm saying it's Bert, Bernie Sanders' people, his advisors have realized this. I don't think he's realized this at all. Because one of the first things he says is that the TV networks should be forced to give every candidate, because in European countries, every candidate gets a certain amount of, of free TV time. <laughs> the dude is being watched by over 7 million, over 7 million views, or close to 7 million views, on the Joe Rogan show of people watching Bernie Sanders so far. And he's still yelping about, we need to force net TV networks to cover him, to, to give him free airtime. He wouldn't get, he probably wouldn't get that many attentive viewers. Okay. These are the 7 million people chose to listen. They went out of their way. They had to click there that they were again, putting it, forcing there to be uh, it, it, uh, like on at a certain time on TV or on radio, taking away from the regular broadcast schedule, uh, this, that, that's ridiculous. Inter interfering with private corporations, but that just shows you it, it, Bernie Sanders' mindset. Okay, it's, it Bernie he doesn't see uh, how the internet has revolutionized things. How private corporations have again. This is on YouTube. This is Joe Rogan. They're private. Private. They're doing this on their own. Okay, and and so he. So it's just, I find it ironic that he's still saying that, no, that networks should be forced to give every candidate uh, uh, network time. Who cares about the networks now, Bernie? Come on, you're on this show. Uh, and I do want to say, Donald Trump in 2016 was on uh, the A. Jones show. Can we even say his name? Uh, and so maybe, maybe he originally started it. Who knows? But no, it's Andrew Yang has took, took it to a next level because he's been on all sorts of shows. So maybe he learned it from Donald Trump. I don't know. I don't care who started it. Darn thing. Uh, but no, credit credit goes to credit goes to those guys though. Credit goes to those guys. That, that, that it's it was a it was an original thing to do to go on A Jones and and now uh, Andrew Yang going on Joe Rogan and, and inspire and, and many other shows uh, Ben Shapiro and inspiring. The, so again, now now that now that um, Marianne Williamson, Andrew Yang. And now Bernie Sanders had been on uh, Joe Rogan. I, there's going to be a lot of other, uh, the other ones, you know, from Montana and Colorado or wherever some of those dudes are from, they're going to be begging to be on Joe Rogan. And so I expect to see uh, Democratic candidates on all sorts of other shows very soon, I, I, I would assume. I, I would, it would make the most sense for them, uh, the, the ones, uh, the, the middle tier ones especially. Oh God, it's such a, and, and again, these people aren't going to change their lives. So don't waste too much time listening to them. But he, so I did, I did watch it. I did, excuse me, listen to it. Uh, because what Bernie represents is mainstream, a lot of what's going on in the mainstream today. And I like to see what the, the mainstream hate that is out there. And it is, it, it's envy. It really is envy. He goes on, he blames the wealthy for so much. And again, you have to imagine, how about if another segment of the population was blamed like this in, in such a manner if you named uh, some minority group and just blaming them for all, all the problems 
that they need to be taxed more and, and just scapegoated. I mean, just imagine that. But in the mainstream world, it's all right to blame all your problems and scapegoat and scapegoat the envious, and be envious of the wealthy instead of changing your own lives and taking personal responsibility. And Bernie, just appeal. personal responsibility is the new counterculture. He, Bernie Sanders is not kind of counterculture. He is mainstream culture. He's the blame culture that dominates, the victimhood culture that dominates the United States and the Western world today. Um, he says that uh, the ages of between zero and four, that's the most important uh, years for kids. And I, I, agree with, I, I agree with that. And he says the public education, he says the public schools uh, are, are the answer, that we need better education. We need, they need to take care of the kids at that age. I believe he says something like that. The public, and I, let me tell you something, dude. Let me, no, it is not the government. And the government should be worried about kids that are zero to four. Okay, maybe he didn't say public schools. But the government should be taking care of the kids that are zero to four. Absolutely wrong. Because again, I agree that that is the most important time in your life when you're zero to four. And that's why we've had so many problems in the culture today is because there are so many people out there that are having kids and don't take care of their kids and abuse their kids that are zero to four years old. Okay. And, and this, this leads to physical and mental health problems and uh, crime problems and, and all sorts of life problems for, for kids, for kids that had. So the government is not the solution. The solution is parents to take care of their kids. Don't get into a situation where you cannot take care of your kids and you think the government is going to give you a solution because they're not, they're not giving solutions now. And if they do try to take a bigger role in it, you're just going to have people saying, oh, the I'll just have more and more kids and the government will just handle the problems and it'll, it'll be getting worse. Uh, the kids need, need real love, real parents when they're between zero and four years. There's no, there's no substitute. Uh, the government is not a father or a mother. Uh, so interesting that Bernie, uh, and, and he goes on to talk about, you know, how, how people are having physical and mental uh, issues. And I, I agree, people, and it does stem from childhood trauma a lot of times. And you're less likely to have childhood trauma if you got a mom and a dad to care about, okay? And that's about personal responsibility. If you have a kid, uh, that, that it, it's still a part of you. Okay. When it, between zero and four, it's, you're bringing this kid, you're taking care of it. You cannot think that the, uh, the, 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 the society as a whole are go is going to take care of your kid. Uh, but again, steal from the wealthy because you have kids and uh, that you can't take care of. And uh, that's no personal responsibility. And he is a no personal responsibility candidate. And thus, that's why he is uh, so popular in the mainstream victim uh, blame culture. What he's talking about, which I disagree with strongly, is very popular. So he keeps talking about it. And I'm, I'm proud to hear that I am nothing like this at all. I'm not, I am not, the things he says in this, this, this blame and game, this blame game stuff, I, I'm so proud that I am not into uh, putting victims on a pedestal. I'm into people solving their own problems, not searching, not begging Bernie Sanders to steal from the rich in order to solve their problems and to scapegoat. You, you, create, it, you, you create the problem, you solve the problem. That, that should be the first option right there, all right? All right. And something interesting they said, he, he's talking about 
guns and, and gun confiscation, basically. He wants to take away some people's uh, certain types of guns. I, uh, but, but he did bring up something that he, he, he framed this as a negative. He says, American citizens have more guns than the uh, U.S. Army. And he thought that was a negative. He thinks that's ridiculous. I think that's great. That's the whole point of the Second Amendment. So that the army, so that the government couldn't uh, enforce tyranny upon the people, that the people could fight back, <laughs> could form militias against the government. So I'm, I'm, I don't know if that statistic's correct, that the American people have more guns than the United States Army. That would be great. That would, that would be great if that's true. He, he tried to paint that as a negative. Again, I don't know if the statistic's right, but if it is right, it's beautiful. All right. And then again, you, you read the comment section under Joe Rogan's show under this interview. Oh, so much love. So much love for Bernie. He's so smart. He's so, he's, again, the emotional appeal to emotions, blaming the rich because everybody wants a scapegoat and, and taking away from the rich. I mean, that is the easy, that's the easy way to appeal to people. Indiv individualism is the accomplishment. People want collectivism. That is the default. So Bernie, so there's a lot, he gets, Bernie Sanders gets a lot of love in the comment section. And it just shows you that is the mainstream culture. You guys be in the counterculture so you don't have to rely on fitting in in that culture, okay, in the mainstream culture. So you're in the Bitcoin overlay and you don't, you don't have to worry about what decisions Bernie's going to make as president, not that he's going to become president. You don't have to worry about politics. You've taken care of yourself. You've got your Bitcoin. You can get out if the situation gets bad. Market Watch, pound that like button, has an article and it says, half of young Americans say their degree is irrelevant to their work. Well, I'm glad they're, they're uh, realizing that now. You know, your liberal arts degree has nothing to do with your work. Yeah. I, so what's the point of going to college then is the bigger question. And he said, and so people in the art, the article says people are looking at alternatives now, gap years, all, all sorts of different combos of learning. And about one in five Generation Z and young millennials say they may choose not to go to college. Interesting, one in five, that's 20%. Is that just a coincidence that 20% of uh, young millennials and Generation Zs say that, uh, <laughs> that, they're not, that they may not go to college? That, that's great, that's great that the 20 percenters are rearing their heads among the youth. Maybe that's what's going on. Again, the high tuition is making think. And that's great. Great. It's great that people say, wait a second, is this worth it now? People are waking up. That's good. Because dudes, you don't necessarily need to go to college. Again, there are also some, some social benefits to it. Um, but to go to some like lower tier college, eh, no, there's, there's probably no point. There's probably no point. Man. Um, you just get a, get a job, make, find some way to make money, hustle, whatever. Bitcoin. There's, there's, they, in this realm of, of just, just this golden age, this time of abundance, there's so many different paths you can go on. You do not, you don't need to fit in with college anymore. And it seems like more and more people are waking up for that, so good. Um, yeah, blame game is a sickness, don't catch it. There's gonna be no collapse, people. There's gonna be no collapse. Ambition is good, and it has been forgotten, though, by the victimhood culture, okay? By the uh, people who are expecting that collapse. There's nothing wrong with ambition. If people try to make you feel guilty for having ambition, get away from those people, okay? Living in fear is the norm. Waiting for the end instead of creating new beginnings. Okay, so 
Personal responsibility. You can wait for the end, which is not going to come, or you can create new beginnings. You can be in motion. Ambition. That's creating new, new beginnings. Don't know what's wrong with this world today where ambition is vilified. Unbelievable. Again, and the, the movements, the popular movements of today seem to, they're not about, you know, they're talking about the victim, but they don't want to promote, they don't want to help the weak per se. It seems like they're more interested in pulling down and bringing down the strong and the successful and the good. That that's, that's their technique. You know, oh, there's all these oppressed people out there. Instead of helping them, or the way we're going to help them, <laughs> is by bringing everybody else down, is by hurting the strong, by vilifying the successful, by saying ambition is wrong. That's, and again, that's, that is force. That is force. If it was just about helping the weak, go do it, man. That is awesome. Help the weak. But stealing from the rich to help the weak. Uh, taking from the middle class to help the victims, the people that uh, sociopaths deem to be victims. No, that, that isn't moral at all, okay? So again, you can do any, if you're not hurting me, if you're not taking away from, if you're not affecting me, that's great. If you're not stealing from me, if you're not forcing me, that is awesome. You can do whatever you want to do out there, okay? If you're not forcing other people. Or, I mean, you can... You, you, you can say, oh, this, this minority group, I'm going to bring them up. I'm going to give them my money. I'm going to create institutions just for this minority group. Go ahead. That's great. It, I, I, if you're forcing me to fund it, well, that's a different story. That's immoral. Okay. So be on, I say to people, be on the offensive. It, be in motion. And the defensive is when you are defending yourself and worrying about enemies that you created, okay? So creating enemies to defend against. So uh, the, the bankers, the bank, it's all about the bank. We have to protect ourselves from, against the bankers and thus they, they have to be taken, they have to be taxed heavily, okay? Um, no, just be in motion, be on the offense. And don't create scapegoats. It, what I mean is create, create a new business, create a new business, create a new way of thinking, create, 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 create. That's being on the offensive, defending your vilifying, always having an enemy to defend against. Now, that's not productive at all. All right. So I, I could say something like, let's worry about Bernie Sanders. Let's, he is their enemy. Let's try to stop him. Let's be, be defensive against him. No. Don't, what I say is, don't worry about Bernie Sanders. Get into the Bitcoin overlay. Worry about yourself and create in the Bitcoin overlay. All right. Let's, uh, what other topics do we have here? Uh, I, I, if you guys don't watch my usual show, I've been talking a lot about a guy named Dan Tapiero, who is a traditional finance guy who has like, loves Bitcoin now. And the reason I'm bringing up him on this show He's, he is not even a Bitcoin guy. He's a finance guy. But he says, if you're under 30, get into the Bitcoin space. So I just wanted to say uh, that's an in-motion type of uh, advice on, and, and pertains to this, to this show, the Beyond Bitcoin show. Because there's a lot of people wondering, what type of job should I get? What, what? And he's a finance guy. He says, get into Bitcoin. So just one, again, I linked to that video 
not that. I hope I just didn't wait. Uh, I, I linked to that video below. And uh, it's, if you have, you probably already watched it because I mentioned it on three other of my shows, but some of you only watch this show. So uh, if you want to, if you want to get enthused about Bitcoin, watch that. If, if you're a non-Bitcoin person watching this show. Uh, because a few of you are actually. What do we have? Here's a tweet from, uh, now I'll do that next time. I'll do that next time. And I'll do that one next time too. Pound that like button, follow me on Twitter at TechBall. Okay. And I've said this before, and I, I just want to, again, reiterate, offer solutions instead of sympathy. Now, you have to wonder, there are some people out there who, who live in this, uh, in this they, they actually don't want solutions. They live in the sympathy zone and never, they, they don't want to accept solutions, even when they're given solutions. It's, it's very odd. It's, it's, it's that victim mentality, and you have to wonder about the people, because I, I, sympathy is nice, but I want to give out solutions. Okay, you got a problem. I'll say, well, I'm sorry for your problem. Here's how you fix your problem, okay? But there's just so many people out there. They just want people to say, oh, I'm sorry. You're, I'm sorry for your problem. You're a victim. You're a victim. I'm sorry for your problem. People get the jollies off of that. <laughs> I don't know, the sympathy zone they're in. They're in the sympathy zone, and they never, they never want to leave the sympathy zone. They don't want to be in motion. I guess it's, again, in a land of abundance, they're probably, again, they still, they, they're living comfortably and they just they like the attention of people feeling bad for them. This is out of Uruguay. In a press release, the foreign ministry advised avoiding cities such as Detroit, Baltimore, and Albuquerque, which it said are among the 20 most dangerous cities in the world, citing in Okay, so this is hilarious. I, you, you guys know I've been to... Uruguay a few times, and I have relatives in Montevideo, uh, and I called Montevideo the Baltimore of South America. Now, the reason I call Montevideo is the Baltimore of South America because it has some old architecture, and because it's it's um, Baltimore is always uh, bypassed. People go to New York, they go to Philadelphia, they go to D.C., and they'll just drive right through Baltimore. They're be it has better known uh, East Coast uh, cities right near it. And they're just the same with Montevideo. Every people know uh, they know Buenos Aires, they know Rio, they know Santiago, and then okay, then Montevideo. <laughs> so it's like it's like Baltimore in that ranking of, of DC, Philadelphia, New York, and Baltimore. Uh, it's last, and Montevideo is like last when it comes to Santiago, Rio, and, and Buenos Aires and Montevideo. But I will say this: Montevideo is safer than Baltimore. It is. It doesn't have the rampant crime that Baltimore does. Uh, it does have some crime, though, um, they're, they're, but it's nothing compared to Baltimore. Maybe, uh, maybe Montevideo might not be as safe as Santiago, let's say. Again, I, I, it probably isn't. It probably isn't. But it's not. But the funny thing is now we, we have in America, everyone's making a big deal that Trump said you know, so-and-so about Baltimore. But we've got South American nations. Uh, and Uruguay is, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's a good nation, but it's not the richest nation in the world. It's uh, not the richest nation in South America. It's probably, uh, well, it's the second most free nation in South America. How about that? In terms of politics. Well, maybe it's third now. I, 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 what I'm saying is they're saying not to go to Baltimore, okay? So for all of you trying to uh, have this fake outrage over Trump, <laughs> I mean, you got countries like Uruguay saying don't come to Baltimore. I mean, there's problems in Baltimore. Pro Can't we just speak the honest truth? Do we have to 
you have to hide <laughs> from the truth. Now, uh, the United States, part of the reason also that Uruguay did this is because the United States said, uh, said that, gave a travel warning about Uruguay. All right, hey, let me tell you something, guys. You're, you're much likely to get Jack in Detroit or Baltimore than you are in, uh, in, in your, the United States State Department gives a lot of travel warnings. Now, some there is basis for, okay? But some, it, it really blows it out of proportion, especially if you are used to living in a place like Baltimore or Detroit or Cleveland or Cincinnati or wherever, okay? Um, so Jeffrey Epstein killed himself today, apparently. Uh, I think it's a waste of time to even, why, why worry about these type of things? It's, 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 it's ridiculous. What, what are you gaining? Oh, conspiracies, this, conspiracy. He did horrible things. He did horrible things. A lot of powerful people did horrible things. Um, it's a shame that he got away with it. Uh, but at least he, it's, it's good that he's gone. It's, it's good that he's gone. It's good that he's gone. So he didn't really get, and he didn't get away from it. In the next, uh, he'll be punished severely. I mean, if you believe in God, he will be punished beyond uh, compare for what he did. So um, now, but again, developing conspiracy theories around it and worrying about it now and, and watching video upon video of video, I know a lot of you want to do that. It's not a good use of your time. Learn about Bitcoin instead. How about that? How about that? All right, today um, or tonight started the Jewish holiday of uh, Tisha B'Av, which is the saddest day of the uh, Jewish year. There have been many calamities that have happened. So uh, tonight we start the fast. And, and it will last until tomorrow night. It'll be uh, 24 and a half hours here in, in Tel Aviv. It depends wh where you are, how long it is. It's around 25 hours, give or take. And um, so no water, no food. <laughs> and now my voice is... So you don't want to talk too much, Dorian, obviously. And I, I've started out by talking a lot. So that wasn't the best idea. But if you're doing a fast like this, here's some recommendations. If you're doing, it's a dry fast, and I don't recommend you're doing a dry fast. I'm doing it for religious reasons. When usually my fasts are water fast, but twice a year, Tisha B'Av and Yom Kippur um, are long water or long dry fast, or over 24 hours. And so, what you want to do is have a meal beforehand, brush your teeth beforehand, and drink right before it starts. Right before it starts, you drink a bunch of water, and you, you feel it in your stomach, and then you're fine. And they don't need water. And again, this is especially recommended if you're in a place like Tel Aviv, where it is 88 degrees every single day, and it is sunny every single day. It has not rained once since I've been here. And so don't go out. Tomorrow, I'm going to go outside to go to synagogue. And then I'll go back in here again. I got my air condition on. So I'm fine. It's, it, it's, it's fine. It's fine. So that's my recommendation. And again, I, uh, my whole eating, I never, by the way, with brushing your teeth and eating and all that stuff, I, 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 did, I had my timing, the perfect Meister timing. You eat, then you don't brush your teeth for until about an hour afterwards, and then you don't drink water until an hour after that. So I had it spaced out perfectly. And then after I drank the water, four minutes later, the fast started. So that's, that's the way it worked. All right, so that's a little bit too much uh, fast talk for you guys. But yeah, it is, many calamities have... Uh, uh, hit the Jewish people on this day. So we, we remember them and we hope for no more calamities and for the temple to be rebuilt in uh, Jerusalem. May it happen soon. All right, now, uh, let's see, because the temple was destroyed this day. 
that's one of the hard, worst calamities ever. Now, uh, for the Jewish people, one of them. There's been so many, so many. Now, but again, we're not, let's not live in the past. We remember that. We are, I don't, I'm no victim here. We will build that temple again. We are successful again. But we remember, we remember so that these things will not happen again. But we are no victims. Okay. Uh, now, scammers taking advantage of social media zombies worshiping victims. <laughs> That's what I, I, I titled this part of the show as, okay? So it, it's social media people, everybody loves to portray themselves as victims. And a lot of this uh, victim stuff on apparently Instagram, I don't participate in Instagram. I don't do that at all. I don't have an Instagram account. If you ever see one that has anything to do with it, it's not me. Um, but apparently, you know, you, you put some sad pictures up there, you get, you get a following. I, I, you, that's the way it works. And yeah, my voice is getting, my mouth is getting dry now. Wow. <laughs> anyway, um, I'll, I'll figure it all out. <laughs> but, but there's an article in the Atlantic about uh, the Sudan Meal Project and similar accounts claim to be helping, but they are really just a ploy to get more followers. So these people are, are saying they have something to do with the Sudan. They're going to help people in the Sudan, but it is just the way, and they're just pure scammers. And, uh, but they know that this type of thing will trigger people in social, and everyone will, oh, I want to help the, I want to help the people that are starving, and they won't even know what they're really helping, because this article goes on to say that some of the way that, that these fakers have said what's, they're not even telling the truth about what's going on in Sudan. We're committed to donating up to 100,000 meals to Sudanese civilians, the Sudan Meal Project's bio read. The accounts only post promised for every short, re, for every story repost, this post gets, we will provide one meal to Sudanese children and you will help spread the awareness of what's happening in Sudan but no one can send meals to Sudan in the way the viral Instagram accounts claim. It's incredibly difficult to send meals to Sudan, said Joe English, a UNICEF communication specialist. So again, people just wanna virtue signal so much, they won't even look into what they're supporting and the scammers know this. And the scammers know this and they have just created these traps for the virtue signalers. So, guys, if you want to give to a charity, you know, look into it. Don't just get it onto some viral charity on supposed charity on Instagram that will make your followers think you're awesome because you reposted it and that you're so virtuous. No, that's not the – if you really want to help people out, figure out, find ways to really help people out. If it sounds too good to be true, it is too good to be true. <laughs> They're going to send a meal with every repost. Come on, man. I don't even know how anybody can fall for that anymore. Uh, and, and apparently you can't even get meals in the Sudan. All right. Pound that like button. I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Measure Disrupt Meister. Uh, subscribe to the channel, like this video, share this video. Uh, bang that bell button if you need a reminder uh, of when the, the show premieres or whatever you get the reminder of now. Uh, we'll be back to the regular One Bitcoin show on Sunday because, of course, there's a new show here every day. And this is the Beyond Bitcoin show. Click on those squares to see some of the past shows below. I will see ya.